Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning, 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 warning. You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. I'm Cecilia. I'm Zipporah. And what is up, my peeps? Today we have a fantastically mysterious show all about the human mind. We're about to stuff the show up with some fun facts, ridiculous facts, all about crazy theories and special abilities, what effects drug- drugs have on our brains, and more. So, Zip, how do you feel? Zip, you're making noise. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Girl, I was just I was just trying to open my chips. I just bought it with like, you know that chip that they insert in your hand? In your hand? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. But you you got <laughs> scared for a moment. No, but um that actually is a thing. Um So what is you talking about? So, um recently in recent technology, mm-hmm. if you're not updated, um scientists are trying to make um a microchip and it would basically um, help you with swiping into buildings, paying, everything like that. So how the chip works is it's about the size of a grain of rice. And it would go in between your index finger and thumb. And it's really crazy. You can pay and do all that just from a wave of your hand. Even shop for my Twinkies? Everything, girl. Uh-uh. But people are... um connecting it back to the bible and saying that it's the mark of the beast oh about um where um uh the revelation yes sections talks so about um it. if you don't mind maybe i'll pull out the verses um <laughs> so just in case you guys want to pull it up yourselves um we're talking about the bible revelations thirteen sixteen. let's try to pull that up because i actually i'm really interested in like what it says word for word i don't think i've ever I don't think I'm really familiar with that part. But Revelations 13:16 says This sounds creepy. <laughs> it is also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Oh no. And dun, dude, dun, dun. That sounds so similar to what they're saying that this microchip implant is going to be no it does it does <laughs> even um the bible was even like so specific to say your right hand so Mm-mm. um you know the further this goes you're gonna see if it has to be on your right or left hand but um yeah it's next, actually really creepy next thing you know the the code numbers are gonna have like the final three numbers <laughs> six 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 no but um that is really crazy and what else um, you got for us? Um, well, since we're talking about the brain and the mind and everything, um, I was actually really interested in um, in how our inventions and recent technology um, 
can affect us, you know, and maybe even the consequences of our own technology. Oh, yeah, totally. There's plenty. Yeah. So um, we already know that we're we're going through a revolution, you know. Yes, we are. Digital revolution um, through phones, laptops, computers, computers, everything. So right now I have three. Um, I don't know. Consequences. Three ways. Three consequences. Three ways that this um, actually really affects us. So. I got this from, you know, different sources. Dun, but one, dun, dun. someone says that technology is making us less creative. So they said hmm. um, a lot of the things that we have, and I actually agree with this. They said a lot of the things that we have is prefabricated imagination. I actually really like the way that they word, worded that. But because once we get used to, you know, we already have access to everything you know so when you think about it what's the point of having to create things you know what's the point of trying to be creative you know i guess like that's some people's mindset and um i know i guess like scientifically once we become used to not being creative we kind of um we kind of let the muscles that i don't know let us be creative we stop exercising them they we stop exercising them so they start to like slowly wither away so i just really hope that this doesn't um go further than it already has i think that there's a certain extent to evolution and you know there is such a huge point to that i think now that you tell me because if you think about it and for example here in yellow um zippy both zippy and i we are in camera camera flux and if you think about it you know we work with photoshop and all of this you know I think that there was a time where we wouldn't necessarily do the things that we do in Photoshop, you know, all of them, like, Mm -hmm. let's say, distorting somebody's voice, you couldn't do that back then. But things like, you know, um, drawing or stuff like that, or um, how would you say it, Um, you know, fixing a portrait or something that many of the times it have to be like on your own. I know that my mom, like, she would say that when she was a photographer, you know, she couldn't... um, have access to all these programs and most of the time you know if it was a good picture it was a good picture that she'd have to take on her own yeah and now revolution is like this technological revolution is changing so many of those factors and it's like you know we're not using our brains as much um because we already have these things offered to us yeah i actually really do agree with that you know like i feel like i don't know it's just like kind of weird you know having all this information available to us literally you know at the tip of our fingers you know as long as you have wi-fi as long as you have (laughs) google or siri like you can find like so many things just by typing in a question like that's really really crazy but um on to the second point um someone says that technology is warping our memory what at me yeah so um you already know when you're talking to someone and they're on their phone and you're like, what did I just say? And they don't know what you just said, you know, because you can be so into your phone that oh. you, you know, you literally like block out everything that's happening around you. So um, people are saying that we're not really paying attention. And when we don't, when we're not giving something our 100 um, percent attention, when we're not, you know, yeah. Um, the memories aren't fully formed, you know? You know, that is, like, a good point. I think that a lot of the times what I worry about when I, like, I walk somewhere is, like, you know, I have my headphones on, I'm jamming to my music. But if you think about it, like, I'm losing sense of, like, the things around me. Yeah. You know, my hearing. Like, what if you, like, 
I know that one time I got so caught off guard that my friend, she was like trying to scare me, you know how friends are. And she like creeped behind me and she like just startled me because she grabbed my shoulders and I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't paying attention. And I do think that, you know, this whole warping thing, it does have a point to it because you know, we're so into our own world that we don't pay attention. We mm-hmm. at, at sometimes, at some points, we don't interact with the people like we should. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, I am, I'm guilty of that. I know, just yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday, my sister was trying to talk to me and I was doing something on my phone and she's like, you weren't, you're not listening to me. And I was like, yes, I was. And she's like, what did you say? And I was like, uh. Um, let me think about that for five more minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like, I don't think a lot of people you know, realize this, but when you're actually not paying attention to something fully, your brain doesn't have the chance to actually form that memory. And, you know, so if you don't have the chance to form that memory, it's hard to retrieve it. It's hard to retrieve something that you don't have. You yeah. Know? But um, our third point is um, it's kind of changing our social interactions. And this is literally just what we are saying um, because, you know, the more distracted you are, with your devices, the less time we spend with each other. Yeah. Which is really changing us. No, I think that, I've, no, I agree. I think that, you know, at this point, every party that I go to, almost every party, mm-hmm. um, there's always, like, I see that, like, you know, the younger people, they're always on their phones, and they hardly ever, like, talk to adults. I mean, yeah, teenagers, I know that y'all think that, you know, adults can be boring sometimes, but... To what extent are we, like, doing this too much, you know? You have to think that, you know, I'm on my phone, but at some point, you know, I should, for courtesy as well, you know, try to interact with people. Because time, let me tell you, time goes by fast, and so does your life. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of times when you're like, I should have talked to that person. Yeah. So it's something that, I don't know, I think about personally, I think about that a lot. And, you know, just to connect it back to the theme of our show, you know, um, just when when you're not, you know, exercising these certain parts of your brain, when you're not used to interacting with people, it can actually affect you in a lot of in a lot of ways, you know, that yeah. may be crucial. It can bring up a lot of, you know, social anxiety. Yeah. I know that, like, sometimes I have a lot of issues. You know, right now we're in the back of the mic, but, you know... When we're out there, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Especially with people that you don't know very well. Sometimes you lose track of, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? Dude, now <laughs> if you want to ask a girl for their number, you don't even have to go to them. Just search them <laughs> up on Facebook. And you're like, little things like that that may seem like such like minuscule issues can actually like be blown up, you know? No, yeah. And, you know, I was talking with Zippy the other day and we were like, you know, how love stories are going to change over the time. It's like, <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember when I first met her, you know, that moment when she gave the, her first like and commented her, her first yep. five heart emojis her first friend on my post. <laughs> I knew it was love at first sight then. No, yeah. but yeah, that's like, it's going to be like that. Yeah. I feel like it is. Which is really weird. What you going to tell your kid? I met your mom on Tinder. Yeah, I met them on <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> One date turned into more, but... And then you happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but um, I do agree with that. Yeah. 
So, guys, we're going to go on a little short break and we'll be back. Stay tuned. Remember, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM, Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. Keep on jamming. Um, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. Woo! Woo! So, Zip Zip, what do you have for us? Okay, so back to um, how different things can affect our brain. Did you ever think that the government can be affecting our brain? Yes, all yeah. the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right now we're going to be talking about drugs and something surprising don't do drugs kids <laughs> so some people say that um that the government actually created the drug problem in america and we already know that you know drugs have been a problem um in america for a while yeah but people think that there wasn't a drug problem in america until the government said there was a drug problem in america so um the first time that you know like this was brought up to be a huge issue was when president nixon was in office you know um and he was really about law and order and he said quote unquote public enemy number one is war on drugs and um you know a lot of people were saying well instead of um drugs being a crime issue it should be a health issue you know, because, you know, we're said, we're told that the government cares so much about us and about our health. But this thing that's affecting our health so much is considered more of a crime than a health issue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what a lot of people were saying. Um, but then it arose again when Reagan was president in 1982. And that's when he really, really brought that back up and it really rose to the surface but you know a weird thing is popular opinion polls said that that wasn't an issue drugs weren't an issue for them so why was he pressing on like it was an issue you know when it wasn't to ordinary citizens all of a sudden this new drug came up on the news everywhere crack cocaine this was you know around the 1980s you know yeah and no one knew about this drug but it was inexpensive and it was dangerous 
and all of a sudden the news is talking about how crazy it is and how it's going to be a real big issue in the poor communities, you know. But a lot of people say that the government that the government actually created that and put it out to poor neighborhoods. Um but I don't you know. know. I I, c- I could see that because if you think about it, you know, I think that a lot of minorities are victims to, you know, drug abuse. So why is that? Because you know, it can't possibly be oh, you know, because I'm um, let's say for instance something. Let's say I'm oh, I'm white. I I'm not gonna, you know, do drugs. You can't say that because all of us have an equal probability some of us more than others because you know we do know that things like alcohol abuse can run in like the family for instance my grandpa he was an alcoholic but my mom didn't grow up to be like that as minorities i feel like you know why are we so like you know associated with these drug issues and you know how much power are we giving to these drugs yeah and where did it initiate yeah Actually, um, white people did use cocaine. The thing, yeah. the difference is with crack and cocaine. You know, cocaine was like you know sophisticated. You know, it was the pow- It was a powder. You know, and that's what white people used. You know, majority of white people used cocaine. At least the cocaine users. But crack and Latinos, mm-hmm. they you know. Did I just say crack and Latinos? I said (laughs) blacks and Latinos usually um, used crack and crack was cheaper. But you know what? The people that used crack had more jail time, a lot more jail time Mm -hmm. than cocaine users. And people are saying, well, you know, the cheaper drug, which the minorities are using, of course, they're going to get more time than the drugs that, you know, white people are using. And, um, you know, actually, I actually do agree with this because, you know, it just so happens that and this leaded to the mass incarceration, you know, because, you know, all these if if some like inexpensive drug popped up in your neighborhood and it's spreading like wildfire, Mm -hmm. of course, a lot of these users are going to go to jail. And a lot of these users were minorities. So a lot of minorities were going to jail, which, you know, leaded to the mass incarceration. And Reagan himself promised tax cuts to the, you know, to the wealthy people and to put the crack users in jail. And if you interpret that, you know, some people interpret that to tax cuts to the white people and minorities in jail. So, I don't know. It's all up to what you believe. I'm just giving you guys the information. But maybe, you know, it wasn't all about, you know, the drugs so necessarily. Maybe it, it was definitely also wasn't. about, you know, our race. Yeah. I think that that could be a possibility. And, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, there's definitely a lot of, like, I have a lot of, you know, doubt in, like, what's going on there. And definitely still today... It's still such a big issue. You know, I think that issues like this, um, you know, we're, us as a race, we're still going through that trauma. And that still affects us. Because when you see all these minorities on the news and they're saying, you know, these bad people did all these crazy things, of course, the rest of the world is going to start viewing you as what, 
you know, media says you are. No, definitely. And we have to see that, you know, because we are in these low-income neighborhoods, there's definitely going to be a lot more danger going on. And this includes drugs. So, you know, it's it's kind of strange, you know. I definitely do think that there is some sort of conspiracy to it. You know, if we had our teacher Todd here, <laughs> shout out to Todd. <laughs> He'd be like, he's so fascinated with conspiracies. But it was definitely something that wasn't fully true. And, you know, if we weren't having, like, if we weren't aware of this, I feel like if it was such a huge issue, I think, I mean, I'm talking about, like, years before when this was first brought up. Um, I think that it would have been, like, you know, we would have, those people back then would have been aware and would have known about that. So they wouldn't have, like, been so oblivious when, like, the president brought it up. I mean, and I also think that the government could have handled this way better. Instead of just throwing them in jail, you should be... Look, Of course it's a crime, but I feel like when a crime is just more than a crime and it's all, and it also has to do with the health of your citizens, you should definitely have handled it differently. Yeah, and seeing as this like affects like our minds so much, like, you know, psychedelic drugs, um, I think that... You know, a lot of the times we don't realize when we're abusing of a substance. So because our minds are may or may not be used to it or just our, our minds are just in denial. So I feel like instead of like throwing people in jail, this should have, like you said, this should have been like um, taken care of with, let's say, rehabilitation or yeah. spreading awareness to it. You know, before like, you know, throwing people, especially minorities into jail just like that and not giving wealthier people that same treatment again this is such a huge issue and it's always been and it might always be i definitely think that it always will be yeah there's definitely that still that you know gap between social classes there have been there have been so many things that have carried on for years and actually changed the way that we think so i think that definitely Unless we as a people and we as a country try harder to to change our mindset, I think that this will continue to be an issue. And, you know, we have we do have to think about the other thing, you know, how it affected our minds. You know, drugs are very strange. And, you know, that does bring up our next interviews. Uh, Stay tuned, guys, because we are going on a small little teeny tiny promo break. And we will come back with some interviews about with two people who tried LSD and the ayahuasca uh, plant, which we will explain on later on, and LSD microdosing.
What's up, guys? We're back. Don't forget, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live, Studio Y, Yolokali, in Little Village, with our Mental Phenomenon Show. So, first off, we have an interview with a guy named Rodrigo, who um, tried LSD microdosing. In case you guys don't know what that is, it's taking a smaller portion of LSD each day as this sort of... I guess you could say vitamin, vitamin per se. And there have been a lot of rumors and a lot of talk that this actually, you know, enhances our performance, our daily performance. Rodrigo is one living proof example of that. So we're going to have you guys listen to the interview that I, that me and Zipporah did with him. It's not what so, you think, I promise. Yeah, don't worry. It guys. actually surprised Hear me out. too. There's both sides to it, pros and cons, as anything. So check it out, guys. Can you explain to us what LSD microdosing is? LSD microdosing is having, as the term says, a small amounts of uh, regular doses of LSD. A regular doses of LSD would be about 120 grams. And a microdosis would be uh, one-fifth or one-seventh of the regular dose. So how did you find out about this method? I've heard about it uh, a couple of years ago. I think the most famous news was about the people in Silicon Valley having this for uh, creation booth. But just recently, I, I started investigating about it. Your first time, can you talk to us about that? The first time... They suggest on this page that you can do it. Well, if you got drops, it's a better ways to um, to divide them. But if you have them on paper, it's a little bit more tricky, like cutting those. I didn't like hallucinate at all, but I was kind of very sensitive, like emotionally sensitive that day. Uh, I, I wasn't sure about if I was gonna keep up doing it because uh, I didn't feel so good that time. So you mentioned that you felt emotionally vulnerable. Did you experience any beneficial outcomes because of LSD microdosing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they put it out there, like, you know, in particularly this scenario, like Silicon Valley and such, kind of have like the idea that you're gonna become like uh, slightly superhuman or superpowers. To be honest, I'm not sure if microdosing really does something or if maybe the combined effect would be placebo on the microdosing. But I mean, doing that, I, uh, I do have beneficial results from practicing this. Since you have like the excuse that you can maybe, I don't know, I think it's maybe like wearing a disguise. Maybe you can become this super productive, super creative person. It's part in those both ways. So um, you talked about um, the positive outcomes, but what are some of the negative ones? I'm not sure about the negative ones. Um, I don't know. I think I couldn't tell about negative ones. I mean, if you do microdose in the way that I did cutting the papers, which is not the most exact way to do it, Sometimes you, as I was saying before, like your measure is not that exact. Maybe you go a little bit far and do feel a little bit high. Um, and if you want to work like that day, I mean, it's not uncom- uncomfortable, but I think that, and, and, and I wouldn't say to be like downside, you know, to be like a little bit high, but 
there's like a right way to do it that you don't feel almost anything and you do get like that uh, I don't know to think about negative so how often um, do you take the microdoses then well I started doing it I think it was 10 weeks like a trial yeah experiment I think I did it like for seven weeks and it was one one seventh of an acid tab would be like the first day living like two or three days in between so taking two doses a week how may somebody abuse of this process what mistakes can somebody make when microdosing i consider it more like an enhancer you know if if you're not microdosing and you do like a heavier dose you won't be able to uh, continue in your work i mean Maybe you can, but the objective is that you don't get high, you know, just to get like more productive or uh, very uncertain ways. Of course, if you do a higher dose regularly, you won't be having the same effect because you have to leave some time in between. Uh, mistakes that you could face in that way uh, for microdosing or the wrong way of doing it. Is doing bigger dose and uh, not doing, not living days in between. So what is up, guys? That was the interview that we did with Rodrigo about LSD microdosing. So what do you think, Zippy? That was really interesting. It was actually really interesting. While we were doing it, I was really surprised at what he said. And what actually like made me really surprised is um the... The fact that he admitted that it actually may not be the LSD and it maybe it's just like maybe a placebo effect, you know, yeah. maybe just him knowing that he's taking it. So, of course, he's his mindset is going to change. His mindset is going to think, OK, I'm supposed to be more created, creative. I'm supposed to be more productive. Yeah. And another thing that I thought was cool was that, you know, he was like, how he he knew that like you know you have to follow a certain routine in order to like see effects because he discussed that you know with him it was for about seven weeks or ten weeks and he said that you know he took like the average of like you know lsd just lsd taking the drug was 20 grams and he said that you had to take one seventh or one fifth and so i found it really interesting that you know how like there's like you know the specific the specific routine that you have to follow so that you don't like experience something completely different mm -hmm. to LSD microdosing. Because again, the purpose for this, as many claim, is, you know, to enhance our performance. And I was also checking something out on The Verge, and I found that a lot of this, they conducted, you know, research on this stuff. And there was this one girl who gave her testimony, and she was like, you know, that she had uh, an irregular uh, menstruation menstruating cycle and that once she started LSD microdosing that it actually enhanced her um her health performance her health and physical performance sorry and it also gave her um, a regular cycle after that and so she took around the same time that Rodrigo did about four to seven weeks but now guys we're gonna move on to another interview that I conducted with Jessie and she when, uh, she's this uh, person who t uh, took the ayahuasca, which is a plant that is known to be a psychedelic substance, psychoactive substance. And 
she explained to us her experience and what were the effects after that. So check this out. This was a really interesting piece as well. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to comment on the Lumpen Radio website. Check this out, guys. Can you state your name for us, please? My name is Jessie. All right, Jessie. So what I want to talk to you about is, you know, your experience with ayahuasca. Can you explain to us how you came to know about this? Um, yes, I think I was really young, and maybe it was on TV, or maybe I read something in a book. It stuck with me, whatever description I read, and it just kind of was like hovering in some back corner of my mind for many years. And a friend of mine who I went to school with had gone down to the Amazon to study with somebody about plant medicine and specifically focusing on ayahuasca. Eventually, she kind of opened an invitation to me to try it. So this is the first time you consumed ayahuasca? It was, I think, about three years ago. And can you describe this experience to us? Like, uh, specifically the first time? How did you feel? And perhaps if you tried it again, like, what changed? Yeah. Well, first I'll say, I think the experiences I had with ayahuasca, and I think this is true for many people, almost defy language. My disclaimer is that what I put into words is heavily filtered through language and I'm being as articulate as I can. I'd say the first time, there are different kinds of ceremonies and the one where I was, it was in a dark room and it was all night long and there were probably about 20 people there. Everyone is wearing white, um, sitting in a circle and I knew only my one friend who had invited me. Um, it was a place in upstate New York. And so we were all just setting up, we sat down. Everyone was very quiet. So it was like a profound sense of unknown. When we all got in the room together, uh, the lights went out and everyone was just sitting or lying still, kind of meditating almost. And we were invited one by one to come up and drink, almost like taking a sacrament, walking up and drinking and going back to your seat. And I was maybe the third person to go up. So I was one of the first people to feel the effects. You sort of see like a cascade going around the circle of people as it hits them. People feel very different things. It seems to be very kind of personal experience. So for me, I kind of entered a state of, it was like a very frightening, <laughs> very, very frightening kind of facing my own death is what it felt like. Later in the night, kind of looking around at other people, I think that the experiences seemed very uh, within the space of each individual person. Do you know like how long it took uh, for this for the side effects to kick in? I kind of lost my sense of how long it took to start, but my guess would be 40 minutes. The people around you, if you could see while you were under the influence, were they doing anything strange? What do you think was in their heads? I'll speak about this one particular experience. I was told later by people who had more experience that this particular night was a little bit nuts in terms of what people were experiencing. One of the first signs for me that other people were starting to feel something was that some people would throw up, which is a kind of very common thing. Everyone has a bucket sitting beside them. It doesn't always happen, but it often happens. Did this happen to you? A little bit that night. Barely. It felt to me then and at other times like not the same kind of throwing up as the kind that I know from my daily life. Like we've all thrown up. It felt like there's something maybe a 
perhaps like a difficult experience that I've had in my life or some kind of pain or some kind of grief or some kind of toxic relationship, you know, any of these things that one would want to move, you know, move or move out or process. It was like an expulsion of something very, in a way, very concrete, even if it was something emotional. It felt like that act of throwing up was really genuinely a sense of like, there's something that I need out and it's coming out and it's coming out in a very physical way. So people call throwing up getting well. The experience was in many ways very physical, like a very embodied experience. You know, with some um, psychedelic experiences or, you know, different kinds of trips, sometimes, you know, people experience like a lot of visuals or like kind of going way out of body. And, and some people do say that about ayahuasca as well. But for me, it was always very, very physical, very much things happening in my body, even if I was having some kind of visual or some kind of vision. I was aware that I was in the room and I would be feeling in my body as if I was, you know, in whatever situation I was having the visualization of. And after this experience, did anything change in you? Did this have any impact on your point of view with things? You said your past experiences with something in a sense, you know, did, mm -hmm. did it help you? Yeah, and, and I should add, I think especially with that first experience, I remember one of the first things I said in the morning afterwards was like, I, I always knew, I mean, I thought I knew what medicine was, but I felt like I had a new kind of deeper understanding of what of what medicine could be or is because the experience was so multi-leveled. You know, it was like mental, it was spiritual, it was physical, it was ancestral, it was in a group of people where it felt like one person doing their own work on the other side of the room in a way was helping me do mine, almost like, you know, everyone's on a ship and we're all rowing together. Many things changed for me. I think in many ways that I will not ever be the way I was before. The physical changes for me was I had been having a lot of trouble eating food. I've been very sick and just most foods were making me sick. Afterwards, I started eating food again. I felt like I had a, like a lot of trust in my own sensory experience, a heightened trust. And so I felt I could go, for example, to grocery store and pick up a food and hold it and just pay attention to what I felt and judge based on that whether it was something I could introduce into my diet safely. And it oftentimes was very effective. This might sound like what people sound like when they're high, but it's not, it's not for nothing. There's a li the fact that there's a life force running through all of that is a shared, that's like a shared current we have. And this is me talking now, kind of in retrospect, having processed a lot of these experiences. But I think that we have, as a culture, a very artificial, a kind of cultural understanding that we're separate from each other and we're separate from the things around us. I'd say that something I really gained a lot from ayahuasca was a felt sense, like a real, actual, direct experience of that intimate connection. And this, I would say, felt like perhaps realer than real. What's up, guys? So I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was with Jessie. And this was an interview about her experience with ayahuasca, a psychoactive substance that she took in a drink when she went to this um, 
this place in, uh, I think, I believe she said some part in New York. And, um, you know, she talked to us about how, you know, this substance was like changed her life and how it completely, you know, changed the way she perceived uh, medicine. And she, you know, she told us in this interview that, you know, I didn't know what medicine was until until this experience. And I thought that it was very interesting how she said that, because, you know, we think that, you know, all these pills and all this stuff, they have effect on us. But how did this substance, how was it so like, how was it able to impact her so much, you know, and, you know, how much was on her part and how much was on the the. Um, the part of like this uh, taking the substance you know it's all i think at the end mind like what our minds believe is a, a, like a huge part of what effects we're going to get from something what do you think zip i was um it was interesting how she was talking about her throwing up mm-hmm. and like how she felt like it was kind of like clearing her system like all these negative things that happened in her life you know and that's really really crazy no i do think that so i also thought that it was very interesting what um what she said about how she went to like let's say a grocery store and like she picked out a food and she was able to like tell that if just by like grabbing it and you know kind of some some sort of sense was telling her if she could introduce that to her body or not and i thought that was like a really cool like ability hey zip you were eating chips earlier weren't you yeah i was could, do you think you could you could feel if, if that food's healthy for you do you mind if i open the bag you're complaining the last time let's try this out this time no i'll put it away from the microphone <laughs> all right Let's try this. Okay. Okay, Zip. Let's start. Dun, dun, dun. Are you feeling anything? Mm, let me try. Let me keep trying. You ready? You feel anything? Hmm? Mm, okay, no. I didn't. Aw, oh, man. But. It's good? It tastes good, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, we is gonna talk to you guys about next um, mind power theories. Wow. So first off, I want to introduce you guys to what these things are going to be about. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. We're going to talk about telekinesis, pyrokinesis, telepathy, mind control, and personally, me, your server... I will be tar- I will be talking about something that happened to me um, that was very, very strange, but we'll get to that last. So first off, I want to talk about um, telekinesis, which I did my research and found a lot of cool things. So back when I first found out about telekinesis was, I think, when I was like a young peep. I think um, it was when I was watching Teen Titans uh-huh. and telekinesis is actually one of the abilities that raven has um from teen titans so like i I could like give you guys a sort of reference that you guys might understand but basically what telekinesis is is the ability to control or move objects with your brain um i had an interesting 
uh, discovery when I was surfing through the internet. And I found that there was this weird case with this one girl. Her name is Angelica Cotton. And she was 14 years old. This happened in January 15th, 1846. I found this in this one website called learningmind.com. And I thought it was really, really strange. And I've heard about this case before, too. I know that I found a couple of videos on YouTube. And I thought it was very interesting. So she had an experience of multiple telekinesis. And so what she claimed she, that she saw when this happened was that everything started bouncing off her clothes and all that stuff. And um, that there was also this experience of shock and like a touching source of electric current. So was said. And Angelica, if she was anywhere like near like a magnet or without even without knowing it, she would like start to shake and things like her presence, like you could feel like um, like this sort of tension and the objects started moving around like in her room. And I thought that was like really weird because it, it kind of reminded me of this one movie, um, The Exorcist, you know, when like, you know, it starts like things start to move. So, so like I thought that that was like really weird, like wouldn't you like think that this was like a weird ability to be able to move objects? Like I could see myself like throwing a mouse out across the like the classroom and hit it at that one boy I don't like. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> but I was also thinking, oh, and you know that also reminds me of Carrie. Carrie, oh yeah, that movie. I ne- I've never watched it before. <laughs> well, just a quick summary. Carrie is like about this girl who has this ability, and you know her mom's basically you know, tormenting her throughout her whole life, how like, oh, you're you're the daughter of the devil. Not, not necessarily, not exactly that, but you know, she was just tormenting her daughter. And Carrie, well, she got her revenge at the end, but you know, I thought that this ability was very interesting. You know, the ability to move things with your mind. And I also did a lot of research that, you know, you could train your mind to do this. And actually, um, I actually was once talking with my dad about this and he was like he said that there was like a lot of weird you know stories about this back in Mexico with this one kid that he would like be able to like move things with his mind and stuff and like it's just like it started like to sprout many rumors about you know why is he able to do that does he need like an exorcism performed on him and stuff like that but I think that we're born with different abilities. Like, just like we're born, some of us are born to, like, master math, and some of us are born to, like, master English. So I think that these abilities are very either underestimated or not as, you know, given enough attention that we don't really think about Hmm. the fact of whether or not we can do this. Yeah, but do I think? Who do I think? Um... I think that number one, I'm not gonna say that. Um, am I am I like super confident that this exists? Mm, no, but I definitely do think that um, there's a possibility that there's a lot more out there than what you know we think there is. So yeah. No, I do think that. And another thing, this this ability I actually just learned of. And this is pyrokinesis. So this is similar to telekinesis, but it's the ability to control the element of fire. And there was a case 
I think I remember seeing that there was this case in India where there was this man who could control fire with just his hands and he wouldn't burn himself. I think this episode was also in um what you call it this one show um it's called I think it's Superhumans but the I know Stanley? it's I know it's not the Stan Lee version though. Oh, that's I, that it might have been a web series, I'm not sure. But it was definitely weird and there was actual footage. You know, it was like I think one or two videos that like they somehow made their way into the internet and it was only those two videos i couldn't find anything else but it was actually of him like you know sitting on the ground and actually controlling like the flames of like the fire coming out of the ground that he like produced Mm -hmm. so i thought that was like really cool and actually shout out to my friend brian um this is actually um an ability that is commonly seen in anime <laughs> for instance this one uh, episode i mean this one anime called blue exorcist and it's of the main character who's um Rina kumara and he's able to control fire and his fire for some reason is blue oh yeah because he's like the son of satan or something <laughs> <laughs> so it was some a reference that i had <laughs> all right what else do you have for us and last but not least i have time control mm-hmm. and well this has been one of the most commonly seen things that people are still wondering about. Uh, it's a sort of mechanism to use and control time at one's will. An example, and this is where I'm going to chime in. Actually, uh, this happened to me when I was three years old. And for some reason, so this is how it started. I was playing with my blocks one evening. And I am not lying about this, not one bit. I remember this like it was yesterday. It was the most weirdest thing that happened to me ever in my life. So I was sitting there playing my like with my blocks and I remember that like I just suddenly had the urge to like jump and like go th- to the other room for some weird reason. And um I thought that you know I thought to myself, you know, I want to go but I don't I feel really lazy. Like that was like my like my t- my mind talking to me at that mm-hmm. moment. And then Suddenly, I stood up, and out of nowhere, I don't remember, you know, kind of, like, bending down and leaping into the air. All I remember is that I kind of, like, looked to where I was, to where to where I wanted to go, which is basically across the room. I was in my living room, and out of nowhere, I was, like, in the middle of the air, and, like, time suddenly stopped. My breathing stopped. Everything stopped around me, and it was really weird. So I thought to myself, you know, what's going on? But I couldn't, like, it wasn't like, I wasn't suffocating or anything, despite me not breathing. But I just, like, you know, I was like, yo, what's going on? And I want to go back to, like, my original state. And then out of nowhere, it felt like forever. But the next thing I know, I was, like, on the other side of the room. And I do not recall actually, you know, walking towards there. So that was my experience. (laughs) It was really weird. But, I mean... What do you guys think? You can comment. We're Facebook Live too, um, and that was, yeah, that was that was a really weird experience. So, guys, we're gonna go on a little short break, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
We are back. Remember, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. Well, guys, so we're almost at the end of our show. Tear, tear. But hey, guys, we're going to talk about one last thing, um, and that would be the placebo effect. Mm. So, Zip. I know we were discussing about that right now. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, first off, we should like introduce what that is in case for any of you guys who don't know. The placebo effect has been conducted actually in multiple clinical trials. And it's, you know, when we are given, let's say, a sort of medication, let's say a pill. And um, you're given it to it and you're expected to, you know, well, you expect to have like, side effects or they tell you that you're going to have effects or something along those lines and you end up you know actually having side effects but at the end surprise surprise you weren't supposed to have any effects it was all in your mind so it's when our minds trick us into actually having effects when there was really no effect to take place in the first place so i thought that that was really 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 interesting and i thought that that was something that we should talk about because it is actually used in the medical industry. So what do you think, Zip? I mean, I feel like this just kind of proves that the mind is really powerful, you know? Mm -hmm. And this happens, it doesn't, you don't do this consciously. You know, when things like this happen, it's because your brain is saying, this is what's supposed to be happening. So even if it's not happening on its own, your brain will make it happen because you think that's what's supposed to be happening and let me also add that you know it's not always about experiencing side effects after you know whatever thing you take it's also about like feeling um significantly better after something let's say you were having uh headaches and you're suddenly given this pill that isn't going to do anything Mm -hmm. to your body but once you take it you suddenly feel significantly better and you feel like this pill helped you to get healthier or to stop whatever was happening let's say your headaches it doesn't even have to be with pills you know um like some people um that don't experience pms Mm -hmm. you know before their um, menstrual cycle um you know if they think like oh yeah like i'm supposed to be pmsing you know this is this is the time where i'm supposed to be pmsing like they're gonna be act they're gonna be like having mood swings and everything but it's not actually because that's what their body is doing because you know they have that mindset of like this is what's supposed to be happening no yeah and i think that there's plenty of examples like for example for instance, I should say that was redundant. My bad. Um, I know that, like, my mom, and this happens, I, I'm pretty sure this has happened with your mom. She's like, oh, just like, let's say, take a hot shower or drink this tea and you'll feel way better. And, like, it has absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and you're like, I know that sometimes, like, my mom will be like, yo, drink this. And I'll be like, oh, I do feel better. But now, like, that was when I was a kid, right? And then now yeah. that I think about it, like, if it happens to me again... Like, if I'm having headaches or something, and I and I drink this tea, like, I'm like, nothing happened. Or when your mom kisses your little scar when you're little. <laughs> there you go. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, it feels a little bit better. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, like, definitely something. And I know that this is also something that I experience in, like, my daily life. Oh, that brings that brings something very interesting up. Deja vu. Ooh. Bro. 
let me finish up what I was going to say before we get into that. Um, you know, when you think that something bad or something good is going to happen to you, mm-hmm. sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it happens. And particularly when it's something bad. You know, or when you're like, oh, I feel something like I good happened. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you're like, you know, oh, this day has gone too good to be true. Something's Something bad's about to happen. I try not to believe in it, and I try to pray and be like, God, just like, don't, 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 don't do that. Die. Like, you know, but I try, I try not to believe in it, but sometimes, like, it hmm. does happen. No, it does. And I know, and I've seen this, Zippy, you know, he's like, oh, I'm about to jinx myself. No, I always say I'm about to jinx myself. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, no, I don't believe in it. But then I always say it. <laughs> yeah. Life is strange. Yeah. But hey, deja vu. So this is so strange because we were like researching about this. And, you know, it's when you think that something happened already to you. But it was really just, you know, it never actually happened. It's just your mind, you know, playing tricks on you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so we've all experienced deja vu. And I feel like this is something that we got to talk about. Because, like, why does it happen? So, Zippy, do you remember, like, what we were discussing the other time? Where we were, like, you know, it's just your mind, like, playing back different things that happened to your life already. And it's, like, for some reason, the similar experience that that happened to you, you think connects back to what happened in, like, those separate other episodes oh, of your life girl i blinked i'm sorry i've been blinking a lot this show but i don't know <laughs> why um but yeah i actually do remember that so i think that what um we were we were watching a youtube channel and i think that what he said was okay so you have two events um let's say event a is you went to go get pancakes mm-hmm. at ihop event b is you went to go get pancakes or Oh, you're making pancakes or something like that. Am I saying it right? Am I on the right track? Yeah. And then when event C happens, event C is you getting pancakes or you making pancakes and you think that it's event A. Yeah. And it already happened. But it's also, but instead of it already happening, it's just that the events are really similar. Yeah. that That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if we want a more like specific example, that could be, you know, you go into the store, let's say Ikea, and then you're going to um, this completely different uh, other store for like furniture as well. And then afterwards, it's you like, let's say, um, buying a lamp at this mini furniture store. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, didn't this already happen? But no, it's just your brain like connecting two events and thinking, oh, actually, this didn't happen, but it's just a similar experience to something previous. And I know that it was very interesting to think that because I get that a lot. Yeah, me too. So, um, you know, that also brings me up to uh, jamais vu, which is when you can't think. I'm going to say this real quick because I know that everybody experiences this. But it's when, like, your mind, like, plays a real bad trick on you where it's like, it isolates that one word you're looking for. Let's say, yeah. Like I know this happened to me with Steve Carell. I was trying to remember his name, and I was like, wait, I have it like at the tip of my tongue, but it was like isolating that name, and like not letting me, like bringing me to like other different words. Like that's what my mind was doing, and I couldn't, I just couldn't catch that one name, Steve Carell. No, and, and then, then like I was like, oh shoot, it's Steve Carell. It's my favorite actor. What? 
I feel like this um I feel like this is also something that your brain does like unconsciously yeah but it's trying to help you because like I remember what he was saying was that one what the youtuber was saying was um when your brain is thinking of one word it's eliminating all um you know you know the answers the that possibilities all the possible answers and sometimes it does it's not and sometimes it accidentally it accidentally um, eliminates that one yeah word. it eliminates the word too temporarily not always because you're gonna get that word at some point yeah once <laughs> once like you stop thinking about it i feel like a lot of the time after you stop thinking about it that's when like it comes back up yeah so guys well the i think our time's coming up to an end yeah well we hope you guys enjoyed this show as much as we did we loved doing this research and preparing the interviews for you guys we enjoy this and we hope you enjoyed it as well and just keep in mind that your mind has so many powers to it that that myth of only using 10% of your brain isn't all true. We have the ability to do multiple things and we just haven't trained our brains yet. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's all what your mind sets you up to. It sounds as cheesy as as you may think, but it is true in several that cases. That sounds cheesy. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> no, guys, but... Shout out to the brain. Grow the muscles. And don't forget, guys, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. I'm Cecilia. I'm Zipporah. And this was our The Power of the Human Mind. Make sure you tune, tune in show. next week <laughs> for another show. Yeah, every Saturday, guys, remember. And we hope you guys enjoy. We love you guys. Peace out. Hello. It's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly lady? amazing <gasps> production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up Again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.